Good morning, and welcome to another Friday Roundtable on Black Sheep Rebranded. Is Today, it really Friday? It really is. Oh, my It's God. Friday, March the 1st, and no. it is a gorgeous sunny day out there. Where today mm. we are starting with winter and supposedly going to be ending with spring. We shall see. What do you think of that, Rebecca? Sounds exciting. Well, I enjoyed the sunshine while I was outside this morning. I don't know about you guys. Have you been out yet? Yes, I was. And what was your take on it? It's very sunny out. I have my sunglasses all set to go. Perfect. Oh, my well, goodness. <laughs> today we have Rick, Rebecca, and myself, Sherry, here in the studio talking about an article which Rick sent us about a week ago, and we've, had, we've read it over a few times. Um, and it's all about nine traits of people who didn't receive positive reinforcement as a child according to psychology. I'll let Rick dig into it because he always gives us a wonderful synopsis. Oh, my word. I don't know. It's Friday. I, I'm, I'm feeling like it should be Saturday or Sunday, and I'm feeling like we should be, you know, off on our journeys of other other things. But I guess it's Friday. I guess it's roundtable, and, and hopefully uh, you all enjoy this. Um, but I, I, I want to go to the number two, overcompensating um, with perfection. And so, you know, it, really ironic, uh, having a beautiful conversation a couple of days ago with a couple and, and the one guy is a poster child for not getting enough positive reinforcement as a child. And when he doesn't learn things quick enough, when he doesn't, you know, pick things up, when he uh, in, in any way sees himself as being defective or less than, uh, he becomes angry. And I was explaining to them that the anger is actually because he's embarrassed. And so if you're angry, people then don't talk to you. And so it pushes people away so they don't make fun of you. And so what people do is they learn to become angry. Um, and so this whole idea, and, and like I said, this guy is a poster child for, for not being uh, given positive reinforcements as a child. And so this overcompensating for perfection, that constant need to be perfect in everything, uh, and it doesn't matter whether it's academic sports, even it doesn't matter. And so this guy, you know, one of the things that, and, and so when we were talking about it, he started to laugh. He says, yeah, I'm actually even looking for the perfect high. And, uh, I said, have you found it yet? And, uh, you know, 15 years of, uh, of drug use and, uh, you know, now being, going through several months now of, of being clean and sober. He says, yeah, I, I never did quite find it. And I'm like, that's cause it doesn't exist. And uh, and it's just this old this this whole general idea. You know what we should maybe do, Rebecca? We should maybe uh, post these articles on uh, a link on Facebook or a link on our website or something to these articles. We so could definitely do that. I do post the um, I do quote the article in the write up. I hmm. think it's a great idea to stick them onto the website. Yeah, mm -hmm. we just have a, a place where people can actually go and read what we have read. And, and our take on it. But anyhow, so so besides the fact that this guy's kind of a bit of the poster child for it, help me to um, take further. What what did you guys think of this? Do you guys think that you were given enough, um, uh, well, whatever you want to call it, positive feedback? I saw a lot of these traits in myself, which is kind of scary. Like, I never thought that I didn't get enough positive feedback. But I, I guess it was... I don't know how to say it. Okay, I have a question. Because this is a thought that went through my head as I was reading it and afterwards. And that is, as we read these articles, 
are we looking in ourselves for each of these traits? For and sure. I absolutely think that we can find them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's Dr. Google. Yeah. Every, everybody's dying. All they have to do is go on Google and they can find a cause and a source. So is that what's going on, Rebecca? I kind of think so. <laughs> okay. So one of the things to keep in mind here, right? And, and this is why we always say at the end of the podcast, right? This isn't for mental health. This is for conversation and for you to go out there and then find it. If you have conversations that you want to have, go seek out a professional so that you don't end up internalizing this stuff and saying, oh my God, God. But I've got a bigger question for you about this whole article that when I sent the article and after I read it, I was like, okay, the number one question I have, what is positive feedback? We were actually discussing that the other day. We were, believe it or not, as we were driving along, that was our question was, so what does it really mean to be positive feedback? Because nowadays parents, they almost always give positive and not negative it's mm-hmm. always 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 you're doing fantastic keep up the good work whatever 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 and, and god forbid if you do something negative or if a teacher gives them shit or something like that yeah then, absolutely. They don't, then they don't know how to handle it yeah absolutely so is there a point where there has to be some balance between the positive and the negative and that's why i said what is what is what does enough positive feedback you have said before to me that people will focus on the negative Mm-hmm. So the positive has to outweigh the negative so that they will focus on the positive? Well, a research project that I read many, many, many years ago when I was doing my uh, BA uh, stated that sort of seven to ten times the number of positive things to a negative thing. So if you tell somebody to go piss off, then you have to come along with seven to ten positive statements um, to un- to undo or to balance out that one negative. And so it was talking about relationships and couples and and how do how do you measure the equivalency of? Well, not just the equivalency, but the appropriateness, because that was the other thing is today, how many times do we give positive reinforcement of something that really isn't something that needs to be positively reinforced? Yeah. Participation so, awards. Stupid. But again, it's an example of an attempt at positive reinforcement that, yay, you came out. But is that what we're trying to reinforce? Well, the positive reinforcement there is that's Pavlov and his dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you show up, then you get an award, and that's what makes you want to show up. Okay, well, every day you go to work, you do not necessarily get because you do not get a paycheck every day. You do not get a paycheck in all kinds of different ways. You get a paycheck... When you get a paycheck every week, alternating weeks, once a month, Mm -hmm. twice a month, whatever the scheme is that you get paid by, that's how you get paid. And so people all the time, again, right, if that's if you need immediate gratification and that is what the show up awards do is they give immediate gratification for for something that is the bare, bare minimum, which should not be enough. And it doesn't really come compensate for a negative statement if somebody was didn't play well or didn't put an effort in when i say didn't play well what i'm thinking of is didn't actually try to participate Mm -hmm. they still get the positive reinforcement award yep and i and i remember you know being a kid and um when i played hockey in london uh i i i played for um i played in red circle and so this is back in the 70s, and we would go to the the banquet, and I remember going to the banquet at Stronach Arena, 
and and being in there and you know that there was a champs b champs c champs and then there was everybody else and you went whether you were getting an award or not because that was good sportsmanship and that was learning that you know you don't have to be a b or c to actually still participate you were in the league you participated and uh then there was uh you know i i again this 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 feeling of you can be happy for other people even when you don't win. But, you know, nowadays, like every single person is getting something and they're so focused on themselves, they're not focused on actually being happy for, for other people. And so, again, going back to positive feedback, what is positive feedback? Because if it comes to um, me and my childhood, I'm going to say I got very little positive feedback from my parents, very little, but I got a ton of positive feedback from campers. A ton of positive feedback. I got some negative as well, but I got a ton of positive feedback. And that ton of positive feedback balanced with the negative created who I am today. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that same sort of thing regarding myself. And I feel like I got a lot of positive feedback in part because I did well in school. I did. I tested well. I did all those those positive things. You get the awards for this, the awards for that. But at the same time, I got negative feedback because I got the positive feedback to the point of which it was like I went out of my way to try not to be the top of the class for there was a year that I just I just I didn't want to be that person that they all talked about as being a brown noser, um, teacher's pet, all those things. I didn't want that anymore. So I just didn't try. I never had that problem. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying. But but I hear where you're coming from. I really do. I hear where you're coming from because yeah. you just wanted to blend in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't want that. That's very interesting. I know it's. It... Did you have that problem? At being, times, yeah. Being the, the the top of the class. I remember one time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was in like grade four. Right. Something, and the teacher said that, and one person got top marks for this, and everybody pointed at me, and they're like, "It was Rebecca," and it was me, and I'm like. How did that happen? And never happened again. Just that one time. And and how did that make you feel? Proud, but at the same time, I wanted to hide. Because mm. everybody was looking at me. And yeah. I just wanted to hide. Okay, and so, so when you think about it, so the positive feedback, what is exactly positive feedback? And so for the, for the extroverts in the crowd, they want that. You know, grade four, everybody's looking at them. Yes, it's me. The introverts in the crowd go, can you do me a favor? Can you just shut up, give me my mark, and let's move along? Mm-hmm. Because they do not want, they want the academic success because that's personal. But they do not want the public. And so again, so what is positive and so the very first question you have to ask yourself is, is your child naturally an introvert or an extrovert? And to what degree? I have people do Myers-Briggs uh, tests. There's, there's one that I've used for decades, and I was introduced to it when I was in university by a, a prof named Jane. And when Jane introduced me to this, um, I have used it now for, for um, likely going on 15 years from the time I was introduced to it to the time I've been using it uh, in my practice. And, and um, it, it is phenomenally accurate. For it's uh, biohumanetrics, 
So if you uh, if you all go out there and you Google uh, Myers Briggs and then you uh, test and so Myers Briggs test and then if you scroll down you find Humanetrics, it's sixty five questions and people are stunned, uh, truly stunned at the accuracy of it. And so I had a guy in here the other day and I and I sent him away and I said here this is one of the things I want you to do. And he didn't. He did not know what an introvert or an extrovert was. I read him the the dictionary definition out of the APA dictionary, um, and he's like, "You're not going to Google." I'm like, "No, I want you to see that it's actually in a book. It's actually in a book created by the American Psychiatric or Psychological Association, and and I want you to to see that that this is a real thing." And so I read it to him, and he's like, "Yeah, that sounds like me." And I'm like, "For sure." And so sure enough, this guy comes back and he's, uh, you know, about 18%, I think it was, introverted. Uh, so definitely on the introverted side. And so again, he does not want public accolades. And speaking of that, I was in grade four as well at one time. Were we, you? Had, we had a science fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we were all in grade four, including Sherry. Perfect. Yep. We had a big science fair. Glad you didn't skip. First, first time ever right. in science fair. And uh, there were prizes, of course, first, second, and third. And I got first, and a classmate got second, and which was fine and dandy. They announced it. I'm just like, okay, cool. I worked hard. I feel good about this. And then her mom came over and gave me a great big hug, and I just wanted to run away and hide. Why? Uh, nobody ever gave me hugs like that. Ah, nobody. Nope. Okay, so again, it's a positive feedback. One of the tricky things is to figure out what is positive to the person who you're actually looking at. And so, so this article again, it's a great article. It's a great read when you when you sit there, and it's to inspire thought and so to inspire reflection, which is exactly what we're all doing. But again, I, I'm I'm still asking this question. What is positive feedback? And so, so if I go to my daughter, positive feedback, absolute trick to try to figure it out. Okay, and why was it a trick? Well, when she was nine, when I met her, right, she was adopted. Um, and when I, she was nine, when I met her, when I met her, positive feedback looked like one thing, right? She, she very, very much, um, uh, a, a quirky human being for a hundred different reasons, very much on the fence between introversion and extroversion. And so, but again, at nine, she needed one type of positive feedback, but the one feedback that she always needed was inclusiveness. She didn't have to be because again, she was on that fence. And so there was days that she was very much more introverted than other days, but to be included, that was the big thing. I can relate to that one. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I would and I would say to her, hey, what do you want for dinner? Oh, I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. Because and, and it was truly because she never wanted to impose, but what she wanted desperately to always be included. So she always wanted to be asked, even though she didn't. No, nope. just here's your menu or here's what we're having for dinner or, hey, do you want to get something out that you feel like? And then. Because then she wasn't in the spotlight. She didn't have to actually. So if you said to her, hey, can you go in the pantry and grab some some whatever you want to go with this? Then she would go get a product, whether it be, you know, hey, can you get some vegetables to go with this dinner? Then she would actually, you know, she would do well because she didn't have to answer. 
What she needed to do is just go get and then return, plop them on the counter. But you could give the wrong answer, and then nobody would want to go with you where you wanted to go for dinner. Or even did for the vegetables, right? Where it was just like here. And so it was the nonverbal side, right? Because again, so it was understanding as as she as she you know grew up as she did the things that she did, and uh, and and so you know it it be interesting to see what she's like today, which I have no idea. Um, but the fact is that I, again, various nieces and nephews of mine, when I look back, uh, and I and I look at you know that idea of what is positive, because I've used this story once before where. Uh, I think Jess was about 14 or 15 and we were coming out of the channel in Godridge and, and the boat was anchored and we'd gone back actually to, to, uh, to get some, some gas or we're going back to, to get something that, um, we needed to bring back out of the boat. And so when we did that, um, she was driving and she said, if it's too rough, would, would I switch? And I said, absolutely. If it's too rough again, whose opinion is it too rough? Right. Cause you know, my opinion or hers, I assumed it was my opinion. She assumed it was hers. And so as we're driving out, um, because I, I thought, okay, I'm the one who's actually, you know, truly the, the adult here. So I'm going to be the one who makes the decision. It, is it too rough? And as she's driving out, she's like, switch, switch, switch. And I wouldn't switch with her because it wasn't too rough and she was doing great. So she was getting all kinds of positive feedback. But when she got to the boat, she just put the bow of the dinghy up against the stern of the of the sailboat, and she up on the swim platform and in and down below. Oh my word, was she furious because I hadn't taken the tiller from her and I hadn't switched with her. And so, but one of the things that I also remember in there, and I said to her, I said, if if you really want to switch, you have to slow the boat down. You have to turn the the throttle back. You have to do the things you need to do. And she would, and she just kept saying no. And it's like, okay, well, that's not safe, right? And so, again, trying to have a conversation with her and also repeatedly saying to her, turn around and look how much you've already driven. You've driven way more. So, again, all that positive feedback, and she took it because in her mind, she had wanted something, she didn't get it, and she lost her living mind. I was the worst human being in the world. So positive feedback is in the perspective of the recipient. Absolutely. And that's one of the sad things about this article. Uh, although I think it's a great article, but it's understanding what is positive feedback. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that was the question that was going through our heads right from the get-go. So it talks about not receiving positive feedback or enough positive reinforcement, yet it never defines what that is. And the question needs to go back to who is the person who's receiving the feedback because do they see it as positive or do they see it as negative? So the hug mm -hmm. was given to you in grade four as a positive, which you received as a negative, the high mark you received Rebecca mm -hmm. negative. Yeah. What are you guys thinking? Mm -hmm. I, I am thinking that this puts a, a really good perspective on this article because it also allows one to read through the article and read all the nine traits. And although you identify with pieces of it, you also can look at what did I receive and how was that impacted and how did I feel about it? And, 
it also makes me think of when I give p- positive feedback to others. Mm-hmm. You got to keep in mind that they may not see it as being positive. Yep. Which is true. That was something we were talking about at work. So I, I work um, where there's a, a leadership group and stuff. And we were talking about you, how... You have two jobs? I have two jobs. So you get I two know. paychecks? I do. So my positive reinforcement for doing work <laughs> is a little escalated someday. Some or all the time. <laughs> but one of the things we're talking about is how do employees want to receive positive feedback? Because one of our, the accreditation things, one of the things we're evaluated on is the delivery of feedback to employees. Uh-huh. So we were actually reflecting on mm-hmm. talking to staff and saying, how do you individually wish to receive feedback? And so then how does a corporation, or in this case, um, a hospital network, which is, which is where your other paycheck comes from, when you, when you look at that, right, there's a huge cross-section of types of people who go into all different types of work, whether it be lab people, whether it be ER people, whether it be cleaning people, whether it be who, goes, who knows what, ward clerks, right? Again, how do you get the positive feedback? And so one of the ways that we used to acknowledge positive feedback was our, our AR title that we would get and B, our paycheck. And, and I think both paycheck and title are, are atrocious ways to, to determine your value or your feedback positively or negatively. Um, I, I, I really do. I think recognizing our roles within an organization and recognizing when we're doing a good job within that role can often be where the positive feedback can come in. I used to like, I, I used to work in a nursing home. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I used to love it when the families would actually give a treat or a thank you to the staff on that floor for looking after their loved one. It didn't have to be like, it couldn't have just been a card mm-hmm. that said, thank you. Right. Like you have really helped mm-hmm. and we appreciate you. And it was the group that they were acknowledging, not the individual. And I think that's one thing, too, is some people prefer group acknowledgement. And I think from looking at things from a team perspective, mm-hmm. that is a wonderful way to do it rather than trying to isolate an individual, which then goes back to our whole conversation last week about tipping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you prefer? Do you ever want to be singled out? I don't think so. Ooh, are you sure? No. No, you're not sure, or no. No, I'm don't. not sure. Like I think it would depend on the situation and how many people I was being singled out to, and my comfort level with them. I think it would all depend on all a lot of stuff. But do you think that's also changed with age? I think so. Right, because if you go back ten, fifteen years ago, to what extent were you willing to go? to be singled out as important enough to be loved and, and, and to be married. Mm. And so there's a great simple example, folks, and you could tell by that big, hmm, that, uh, that yeah. Uh, and so for me, it's, it's uh, when, when I was 18 and I got engaged, I was like, absolutely, because this, is, this demonstrates to me the value that I have because somebody, somebody wants to be married to me. 
Well, yeah, shit, if I go back to being 18, the hell do I know about being married? What do I know about anything? And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a 25 year journey, but again, what, what did I really know? Not much. And so again, when you think about this, what does it mean? So go back to your institutional, uh, you want to acknowledge the people. Well, you have people who are, who are, you know, two years into their nursing career and you have people who are 30 years into their nursing career. And if you ask both of them, both, if you give, give them both a Myers-Briggs and they both score identical numbers, whether it be an I or an E for an introvert or extrovert, what happens is as the person has been doing the job, their, their need and how they see an acknowledgement is going to drastically change from the person who's two years in to the person who's 30 years in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And so it, so it really does become a trick because if you say, well, you used to like this, then, you know, okay, I'm going to go to um, surprise birthday parties. All kinds of people love to have people, you know, neighbor virus, somebody's having a 50th birthday. Well, how can you tell? Their entire front yard is covered in signs saying happy 50th birthday. Absolutely wonderful. If somebody ever did that to me, I would be not very happy because I do not, never did, ever want to be centered out that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never. Totally and, and so, and, and again, and, and, and my mother was as, as extroverted as, as the word could ever be uh, explained and could never understand why and how somebody couldn't want or didn't want what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when people are, are doing stuff where they are, you know, they want to go out there, they want to coach their, their kids' teams. Again, I never want to do that. I would be the guy who would show up and, and buy the team hot chocolate and then walk away, right? So, you know, 30 kids, 30 hot chocolates, here you go, love it, have yourself a great, wonderful day, and we move along. That would be me, and that was me. But I never, ever want it to be the coach or the... And you've said something to me in the past that you're not a super competitive person. Gosh, no. And I'm wondering, as you're talking there, I'm thinking about how that component goes into how we like to receive reinforcement. Because I'm more competitive than you are. I'm not the most competitive person out there by any means, but... I do like to run a race, ski a race, and I want that top prize if I can, if it's something within my reach. But in other scenarios, I'd rather see a, a team. And Rick just gave me the finger. I did not give you the finger. I pointed at you. <laughs> you pointed at me. I pointed at you. Why did I point at you? I gave you the finger. People are like, what are you guys doing? Flipping each other the bird while you're sitting there doing this thing. No. Competitiveness. I like to be the, I want to be the best, but I don't want to put the work into being the best. And there's another step to that. You want to be the best. And the fastest. Uh, so you, okay, but the best, the fastest, the, the, the you want to be the, the pinnacle of the top, but as you just said, you don't want to necessarily put in the work. Mm-hmm. You also don't want to give it the time to get that good. Yeah. Okay, but there's another layer to this as well. 
What's you don't, the letter? You don't want the accolades because you've said earlier you don't want to be singled out. Absolutely. So could that be why I don't put the work in because I'm afraid of the accolades? But you're also you're afraid of any type of of a measure against where do you where are you where are you in the process? And so you're just like okay, see, I'm done. Mm. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so then so then that goes back into that positive feedback becomes really really tricky because. And, and for a parent, and, and I, I swear, this is a, the hardest thing, even for a really good manager, a really good human resources department, and there are many managers that are not good managers because all they want is power. They don't actually want to work with people. And there are many HR people who are not great HR people for the same reason. They want power. But the but best ones are the ones that recognize where somebody is at and try to help them move up in the direction that they want to move to achieve those uh, goals that they have in mind. And so to quote Willie um, the other day when we were having a conversation with him and, and he said that, you know, um, there was a person where he was, where he was an HR manager and they had 30 years experience of being a one year employee because they never wanted to actually, get better, learn more, push beyond, but they'd been there for 30 years and for 30 years they'd been doing the same thing. And for 30 years, it had never been good enough to get promoted or get to the next step. Or, And they always were, were being told the exact same things in different ways for 30 years. And they were like, well, how and why? Well, they didn't, did they not want more? And it, is it that they didn't want more or but they were afraid if I put in this extra work and I don't get more, then what's that say about me? Fear of failure. Okay, yeah. but but how do you fail? Because if you don't get it once, you may get it the second time. It's true. And there's a lot of people that you fail once and then they don't ever try again. Yep. Yeah. I, not wanting this to be a, about a political um, stance, but Brian Mulroney, uh, past Prime Minister of Canada, um, ran for the for the top job to be the leader of the party and therefore would have been prime minister. And he lost the first time. Mm-hmm. And and he, he didn't run away. He stayed in cabinet. He, he stayed doing his thing. And then when it came around to another um, run at, at being the leader of the party, he stuck his hand back up again. And he'd done his homework. And so, and if you take a look at anywhere, like Alexander Graham Bell, you take a look at anybody, they have had lots of failures but what do they do? So the positive feedback that they got to encourage themselves to keep moving, mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't the positive feedback of you won the first time. No, but they might be looking at the smaller pieces. What did I do well? Maybe. Because I can think of, and simplifying it way down, I used to race the same course every other weekend. And I never, I don't know that I ever won. Didn't really matter. But I would look at different parts of that course and see how I improved on that course each time. And I, and I did as I, as there were more sections that I improved on, I moved up on the rankings. So, no, go ahead, Rebecca. I'm just thinking about stained glass. Okay, I'm working on a project for my sister. And I was in such a hurry to get it done. I didn't really 
give it the attention that it needed. So I, I soldered it all and it looked awful. So then I had to learn how to take the whole thing apart again, which I did. After some convincing, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But then the second time around, I looked at it and said, okay, what are the pieces that need to be redone? Mm-hmm. And where can I get, like, what can I salvage? Yeah. And that actually looks a lot better. And I actually learned how to do things differently this time mm-hmm. than what I did last time. Yeah. So by, you learn from your failures. Even though it wasn't a failure, you still learn from everything you do. Mm-hmm. And you chose to learn from that. Mm. Hear those words, folks? That was a choice. Because back at Christmas, we talked about, and, and we talked about it on the air back at Christmas, the stained glass that you made for your nephew. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that you made one and then you went back and went, oh, what, what am I doing here? And you just started all over. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this whole idea about who are we as a as a human being is so important. So what Rebecca has just said stay, it, it, very clearly is that I'm in a hurry to get it done because I simply want to get it done. And if it's done, then see, that the, I, then there has to be a positive feedback. But there won't necessarily be a positive feedback. No. That getting it done is about you getting it done where you are happy with it, not just to simply say the word I'm done or the phrase I'm done. And so the positive feedback, where does it has to originate? It has to be taught to originate within you. And so that's where the conversation, and this is where this whole article, um, you know, for me going through it. It's about teaching yourself and teaching other people that when you generate the positive feedback, you have to be taught how to generate the positive feedback within yourself when it's a negative. So when something is negative around you, when something doesn't go well around you, you still have to find a way to generate, how do do I learn from this? How do I grow? And so what Sherry just said, and I swear I didn't prompt her, but thank you very much for saying it. It was a choice. And it was a choice that you made to say, I can do better. Mm. And so I have to acknowledge I can do better and then push yourself to do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that actually then makes the article a whole mo- lot more relevant in my mind. I'm going to reread it again after we're done off the air. Oh, my word. Rebecca looks like she's in, like, deep, deep, profound thought here, folks. We struck a chord somewhere. Oh, yes, we did. Do you, do you want to share or, do you, or do, you, do you want to reflect? I think I want to reflect some more. All right. Well, folks, that is the perfect reason why we have these conversations. What Rebecca is just saying, and, and, and I, I, I swear I, I should take a picture of it right now, but I don't have anything to do it with, that you can see that deep, profound Oh, dang it. Right. And, and that is the moment that what we're trying to create here is where you have those moments. You go, oh, my. But and so, again, going back to what is positive feedback to you? This week, I had a, a, uh, a beautiful young lady uh, who is you know, 29 for about the, the third or fourth time. Uh, or a second time, or I don't know. I know that she's in her 50s, so I don't know how you, you rhyme that off. But we're going to say that 
She's 29 again and, and in her 29th year has returned to go to college. And so proud of her to be out there and recreating herself and to be recreating this world that she had closed herself off to. And it was so funny because when, when she was, uh, you know, talking to me uh, about, you know, changing careers and, and going in all the directions and, and she said, well, but I don't have, and I'm like, but you do have qualifications. You do have knowledge. You have a lot of things to offer. And so when she went out there and, and she's gone in this completely new direction and she's just loving it. And now she's going back to college to actually get an education. And I know when Randy was sharing this with me, like my, like the two of us just like giddy happy for her that here is this, this person recreating themselves. And where's that positive feedback coming from her? Because she is acknowledging that what she's doing is satisfying and so satisfying that she wants to learn more about how to do it better. Hence the returning to school. She had enough natural ability to get the job without the schooling. And now she's going to school so she can do it even better. And it's not an outside perspective of what is success. or. But you have to, first of all, ask yourself. And so when she was looking at going back to, to, to go into a different career, and, and I said to her, one of the questions that I had for her was, okay, what is it that you're looking for in the way of, of environment for feedback? What is it that you need? Lots to think about. Absolutely. Because that whole notion of if you don't get enough positive feedback as a child, here are the, the, the traits that you have. And, and the irony is I got incredible feedback from an unorthodox place, which was the campers at my, my parents' park. And, and I remember being in university and, and doing my BA, and there was a couple of people who had grown up where the family business and, and like everything was on one property. And we would talk about how we had bosses for parents because they, they treated us like an employee. They didn't treat us like, a, like what we would and what we were learning about being a parent. What we got was an employee-employer relationship. And that's, that's what we truly got. We didn't get um, I, I, this other, the thing that, that we talked about. And so, again, that's not running anybody in the ground. It's that the, the reality of a lot of people that I went to university with who their parents lived. We're not talking about, you know, we're talking about a, a traditional looking business, right? We're talking about where it was an employee, employer, and this included farmers, Right. Where their kids were like, well, no, I, I was like a hired hand. This is what I was treated like. This is what this is. And so, again, the positive feedback, where did you get it? And where did you learn how to handle it? Mm. Another good question. Yes. So so in wrapping this up, folks, uh, Rebecca. Yes. What do you what are your notions? What are your ideas about this article, about what we've talked about? What what, what do you want to share with people as a takeaway? that it really does positive feedback really does start from within you and you have to realize and recognize how how you want that feedback and then you can let other people know because if you don't know then they just might keep giving you hugs when you don't want a hug oh yes absolutely but that be, again begins inside you and you have to have the knowledge to recognize that yeah which means you gotta do a little bit of soul searching there folks mm-hmm uh. 
Sherry. And I think one of the things that I've learned is that as we grow and reflect, our needs for the, the type of reinforcement that we need changes. And I think it only starts in childhood. I think this article doesn't fully give it justice, but I think it's an interesting view of it. And I'm, 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 I'm in, eager to review it again. Do you think you got any takeaways to take back to the, to the corporate hierarchy? Um, I think I would, I would positively agree with what direction the, the leadership is going in recognizing people from where they're at, mm. not as a collective. And where they're at, and man, it's going to change. And it will. So what do you think? Call that a wrap? I think so. All right, Sherry? I think we're good. All right. Well, folks, hopefully we have inspired you to stop and think and to reflect on what positivity means to you. And also when you're trying to give positive feedback, whether it be to your kids or whether it be to anybody else in your world, if you could take the time to actually ask, what does positive feedback look like to them? And they're going to go, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? What kind of words are these? Oh, my word. Anyhow. Hey, folks, again, Rick Sherwood here from Black Sheep Rebranded. Again, thank you very much for tuning in to uh, our Friday Roundtable. Hopefully this uh, podcast has inspired you to have some conversations within yourself, with the people around you, with the people that you love, and sometimes maybe even the people that you don't love so much. And again, this is not a substitute for mental health. This is inspired conversation, hopefully inspiring you to go out there and do some wonderful things with your life and the people around you. So again, for Sherry, who is the great accountant, the business leader, the person who pulls all the purse strings together and keeps us economically in check. And for Rebecca, the sound engineer, the receptionist, the extraordinary person who is doing up documents and pulling things together for both the therapy business and for the sound who's a sound engineer without the education to be a sound engineer, but by God, is she ever doing a damn good job of, of learning it and growing. And so for Sherry, Rebecca, and myself, who, well, I'm just a student of life. Y'all be good. Chat soon.